0: Hey everyone, welcome to the first episode of Speak Up Podcast, brought to you by Isaac and and Yuta. I'm Sanji and alongside Kelly.
1: Hi, my name is Kelly Toh, nice to meet you all.
0: So alongside Kelly, we'll basically be your host for today. And for those who don't know, Speak Up is actually an initiative aligned with the fourth Sustainable Development Goal, which is actually Quality Education. So what we do is we actually aim to empower the students in Malaysia with technical skills that are related to science, technology, engineering, and mathematics, or basically in short STEM. So today, we will be talking to two representatives from one of our learning partners of this project, IEEE, or Institute of Electrical and Electronics Engineers. So could you guys introduce yourselves and maybe tell us a little bit about IEEE itself?
2: Okay. I think I can start first. So, thank you. So, my name is Xia Chun Wan and currently 21 years old and I'm the electrical and electronic engineering student and I just finished my year three semester one uh, just now. Uh, I mean last semester. And then um, why I chose this field to study is because I'm quite interested in the STEM subject. And more specifically, I think that in the future, the world will be more rely on the electrical chips or the electrical components, such as, you know, our computer, our smartphone, or need electrical chips to be function. And one more latest technology will be the electrical car. We're also having quite a number of the electrical chips and components. And then... What I'm planning to do in the future is, you know, graduate from my course and just find mm-hmm. a job in my hometown, Miri. And IEEE basically is a global organization that will be that will promote the latest technology to the local community. And also we're trying to share some, raise the awareness of the same education around the world. So yeah, that's it for me.
0: All right. Thank you, Sierra.
3: Um, Maybe Vincent,
0: can you give us a short introduction about yourself?
3: Okay, so um, my name is Vincent Tassara Rotura. I'm currently 22 years old. I'm from Zimbabwe, Africa. And um, I'm studying electrical and electronic engineering. And um, to be more in depth with what electrical engineering is all about, it's a branch of engineering that deals with every current electric light and power systems. And um, also why I chose this you know, field of study was because, Electrical engineering is a a vast and ever expanding domain that interpolates a wide range of secondary and tertiary disciplines. Um, I can name a few like signal processing, control systems, robotics, communication, and microelectronics. And why I mainly chose this is because of the carrier prospects. It's got a wide range. You can work in any industry you can think of with we are there as electrical engineers because we definitely use electricity all the time. Um, um, there's also scope um, for innovations. I think most of the innovations that are done around the world, it's all electrical engineers. I'm not being biased, but that's fact. <laughs> and then also the global demand for electrical engineers. And also the best thing is that it's got a good salary. We all love it, <laughs> so yeah. And um, I'm head of membership for IEEE and IEEE, as you mentioned before, stands for Institution of Electrical and Electronic Engineers. And we're a student branch um, at Curtin University of Malaysia, you know, that um, provides um, technical skills, uh, knowledge uh, based on, you know, uh, the electrical world and innovation for, for students. No matter which um, course or field you're studying in, with electric, uh, with IEEE, you know, we um, we help you discover your talents and we also help you innovate. You know, you can come up with any projects. We also help um, with it. And it's a really, really good um, opportunity being in a E. so thank you. Yeah, that's all for me for now. Yeah, so alongside our two learning partners, we actually have two local
0: virtual volunteers as well, or basically what we like to call them LBBs. So to our LBBs, can you give us a little bit about yourselves? Maybe we can start with
4: Hannah. All right. Hello. Uh, my name is Hannah, and I just finished my uh, biomedical sciences degree uh, in Nottingham, Malaysia. And um, I chose this field um, mainly because I'm really interested in the molecular biology side. So um, if you guys ever hear of like stem cells and, um, you know, right now uh, stem cells are really... Uh, revolution revolutionizing the whole like uh medicine so uh advancement in that and medicine uh, in that part of the medicine is so important in order for us to tackle and uh, treat a lot of diseases so yeah uh that's also why I, that's why i chose this degree but this is also what i plan to do in the future uh to help uh in this endeavor as well so yeah
0: that sounds a good, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Um, maybe Emily, can you tell us a little bit about yourself?
5: Hi, my name is Emily, and I'm currently in my second year degree in screen production and PR. Uh, the reason why I chose this course is because uh, I'm mainly interested in the whole process of filming, and uh, yeah. That's basically
0: it. All right, thank you so much.
1: All right. So since the main focus of this project in, is on STEM, so we are going to be discussing the importance of STEM education and how is it in your country? So maybe Hannah, can you share me about your thoughts?
4: All right, uh, so for context, um, I was in uh, international school in Qatar um, and we were actually a very, very STEM based uh, school in that now that I look back for this podcast, like we had a lot of programs that were conducted uh, academically and also like as an extracurricular for people to explore their interest in uh, STEM. So um, there were clubs like Botball and um, we had like, one full day where all of the secondary schools have like STEM day, and we and also this this program um it's conducted by Shell, uh it's called an Explorer, which again like uses uh, certain tools to tackle like real real problems, and we also had a compulsory subject uh designs and technology, for for three years so um there were a lot of opportunities for us uh, definitely, um to To explore that and then take it to the next, uh, the next level. Um, there were a lot of competitions in in those fields as well. Um, so yeah, um, I wasn't really much into the ball ball side, but I I was participating in the other things and I was really interested in it. And I think that also contributed to the fact that I am in uh, in STEM field right
5: now. Cool.
1: So how about Emily? Can you share me?
5: Um, can, I, can you repeat the question?
1: <laughs> yeah, sure, no problem. So since the f- main focus of this project is on STEM, so we are going to be discussing the importance of STEM education and how is it in your country. Uh-huh. Yeah, so basically is uh, how do you think that the importance of STEM education in your country now?
5: Um, from what I've learned in school, I think uh, SEM is very important for all the students to learn as it will help evolve the country with like the solutions that we come up with and everything. So yeah.
1: Okay, cool. So now I'm pretty sure that all of us have gone through high school or at least some form of of secondary education so could you tell us a bit about STEM education throughout your schooling life so how was it like to learn this subject in your high school anyone want to share with me
2: maybe let's share yeah (laughs) Yeah. i think i can share a bit (laughs) so in my high school or we call in malaysia we call secondary school so, my secondary school is just uh, you know, the normal church school. It's not, it's not funded by government. It's like half funding by the government. So, our, I would say our, my school is not that rich. So, we are actually lack of the funding for, the, for buying the good you know, experiment equipment. So, mostly in my secondary school, we just learn about the theory, theory part of the STEM subject. And we have very rarely chance to have experiment due to the mentioned lack of good equipment for experiment. So, and then other than that, we are actually quite dependent on the teachers. So for example, whenever we ask a question, the teacher will straight away give us answer. <laughs> Instead of give us think, he will straight away give us answer. So I think that's about my study, study life in the secondary school.
1: Stan, I'm also from the half fund uh, secondary school. <laughs> all right. So anyone want to share more about
4: the experience? Um, I guess in my case, um, the school is funded by uh, the company. So basically, um, my dad is an employer, and the company actually makes a school specifically for all of the children of the employees of that company. So it, it was well funded, I think. Um, yeah, uh, as I said before, there were a lot of opportunities to to really explore that interest. There were a lot of clubs and a lot of um, programs that were made like in the school. Um, but I, I fully understand that. Um, and I fully agree with uh, Sia in that. A lot of schools, especially in Malaysia right now, uh, like they just can't afford to do so because they don't have enough resources slash funding from yeah, uh, which is which I find really sad, but yeah, and I guess that's that's what we're here for, right? We're we're here to talk about that.
0: I think like um I resonate so much with what Sia said just now, you know about like um the lack of funding, right? So for my school at least, like we didn't have labs at all. So when I came to college or when I came to uni, the first time I did lab, I was just like. What is going on here? How do I add one chemical to another chemical?
2: I, I <laughs> then, understand your feeling. <laughs> right.
0: Like putting on drugs and especially for chemistry labs, because you need to like take a lot of precautions, right? And make sure you know you don't get acid burns and stuff like that. But I was not used to that at all. And a lot of my friends had already gone through like um, proper precaution training and stuff like that in their high schools. And yeah, honestly,
1: I faced like so much struggle during that time. <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay. So as of you are doing your degree now related to STEM, how is different from your experience before? How different is this learning process now? Anyone? Mm-hmm
4: okay um i think because of the pandemic um the last one and a half years were just theory and uh, virtual lab uh so you know um there weren't many chances for us to actually do practical work as i used to uh, as i would be in high school but uh the the first like one and a half years uh, that uh, in my degree before the pandemic um i think The only difference is just the size of the classroom, in my opinion. I think um, there's just many more people uh, in one lab in here because I guess like in my uh, course, there's 50 50 people um, in that course. So in one lab, we'd be uh, together and would be sharing everything together. So yeah, I think uh, that's the only reason, that's the only thing I can think of because my biology class when I was in A levels was only like 10 people. So that was a surprise for me, but, but yeah.
1: Due to the pandemic, we really miss a lot of opportunity to experience the, the interaction with the others, peers, yeah. So, okay. Maybe Vincent, can you share me about your thoughts? Maybe your experience?
3: Um, I will just like you to repeat your question one more time. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, yes. how is actually your STEM education now in your degree? How is this experience actually different from what you did in your high school?
3: Um. So okay. So in my country, so we have a, a mainly uh, a Cambridge. Um, education system at the UK so in my high school for me I chose to do a combination of commercials which is like business accounting economics and maths physics chemistry so for my O levels which is form four I think that's great um, I don't know great uh, I think great uh, not sure what grade it is but it's form four in my country yeah so I did a combination of commercials and sciences recorded it. in then highest A-levels, I did um, sciences, strictly sciences, because I wanted to merge into the engineering industry, which is maths, physics, and chemistry. And um, we had the privilege to do practicals, like for physics and for chemistry. I'm actually surprised most of you didn't actually have their privilege. Mm-hmm. But um, for us, we actually, you know, physics, um, it was theory and practical. So you'd actually go to the lab when it's lab time and we do all the physics experiments, right? As well as um, as chemistry. So when I came to university, um, for engineering, you have this unique materials. As for me, it was, it was a walkover because it was so simple. It was basically what I did in high school. Yeah. So, but the only difference now is that with university is that I didn't have the chance to like explore in depth. Right. Because now I'm now exposed to technology and um, innovation and all that, but in high school, I wasn't really exposed to that. Right. And many people couldn't get their chance, but I think at university, it has changed a bit and it's, it's actually come, you know, it's now way better in, in high school. So, yeah. That's it for
1: me. Then, ask okay. so now, whatever that you have learned or going to learn, do you feel that these things are sufficient? Or if not, where do you actually feel that there is a lack in the quality of the education you got? Anyone want to share me about your
2: thoughts? Um, maybe I can do some sharing. So, from my perspective, I think that the teaching material and learning material provided in uni, right, is actually quite sufficient for us and for the student to be really trained in such a way that the students are really trained their innovative skill and critical thinking skill. However, for secondary school, I think it will be better that if we have really have some program or assignment that are allowed for the student to really have an opportunity. To think their self and give their own opinion or find their own way to solve a problem. Because like I mentioned earlier, most of the time when we're trying to ask the question to a teacher, then teacher usually will say, Oh, question two. Huh? So just you just do like this, 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 and finish already. So instead, in uni, we actually, instead of the lecturer just give us answer, right? He'll actually ask back, ask be some question to us for us to think. For example, when I asked, sir, uh, why x plus y equal to z, for example? Instead of just telling us answer, our lecturer most of the time our le- most of our lecturer will, tell, will ask us back like oh can you explain to me why is x and why is y? So instead of just give us the answer, he will really give us opportunity to try to think and solve the problem ourselves. So yeah, I think that's I think maybe secondary in my opinion secondary school maybe can have more opportunity and chances given to the student to really think themselves. So yeah, that's my perspective.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. Most of the time, I think the most of the students is are looking for the answers only, not looking for the like explanation. No, yeah. So, anyone want to share?
4: Yeah, I think there's also a really unequal distribution again in in resources, and a lot of teachers are really overworked. In that, I think most teachers only focus on finishing the syllabus and not exactly. Um, you know, developing the student's uh, interest in STEM uh, itself. Um, So yeah, I I think it's not just the resources. I think the syllabus is also uh, something to be blamed for the, you know, in that it's so focused on theory and getting good grades that the students don't really have time to explore anything else if you get what I mean, yeah. Yeah, I think the the teachers not
1: only want to teach the students but also need to like develop, develop their students as well. Yeah, they, work, they are in, innovative, they are creative, yeah,
0: something like that. Yeah, and I think like what um, CR said also is really true. We tend to be very spoon-fed high school, uh, at least for me also, yeah. So when I came to uni, um, when I go and ask the lecturers, they'll be like, we aren't going to give you this answer straight away, you know. Yeah, so it took some time to adapt to that as well. So we've actually seen like how your experience in STEM education was like in the past. And we've also talked about how it is now in your degree. But do you actually think that there are enough students that actually have this opportunity to go through what you're going through, to experience what you have experienced? So I guess my question is, do you think that we actually have enough students going through these kind of STEM courses? Um, Maybe we can get Emily. Would you like to share your thoughts on this?
5: Yeah. Um, I think it's a yes and a no, because it depends on whether the students or not are interested in learning the subjects. But I think for now there are enough students that want to um, learn SDEM and uh, pursue this as a career and whatnot, yeah.
4: I think um, what I read as well is that there is, a uh, in Malaysia uh, specifically, there is a decline of uh, 3% of people going into uh, STEM year. So I think uh, uh, it's quite, it means that like, you know, the STEM field are not getting enough students. And yeah.
0: And um, maybe, Oops. oh yeah, sorry, go
2: ahead. <laughs> so for me, right, I actually have the experience to talk with the, my teacher. So one problem in my secondary school, right, is, ex- Actually, uh, so when I just enter my secondary school, when I'm Form 1, there are actually four science stream classes. So when I become Form 4 and the science training classes become 3. So before I leave my secondary school, which is I'm Form 5, the science stream classes become only 2. <laughs> so I actually have an opportunity to talk with my teacher about this. And what they told me is because the average marks of these STEM units right, are actually dropping. And then most of the students, even though they are in science, the science stream classes, but they still s- give the feedback that they are not interested in this you know, STEM subject. So they w- want to drop out to another, uh, another class. So, so from my perspective, I think that the number of students to select STEM as their future career life is actually decreasing. So I think we need to do something in order to you know, overcome this problem. Yeah. So I think it's not enough.
0: And from what you all share, like, you can kind of see that the reason it's dropping is because of their interest in the STEM course itself, right, in STEM education as well. Yeah, so we can see that, um, as Hannah said also, it's a 3% decline, right, for the past few years. So we can clearly see that um, there are a lot of students who, although they may be given the opportunity, but they choose not to pursue a STEM education. And we also clearly know that there are a lot of students that don't even have the opportunity to pursue any form of education. Um, and that explains the huge educational gap in Malaysia, actually. So I guess we have also also talked about what our educational system has lacked, right? Like you guys have said um, what your school has lacked before or what you feel that your uni may improve on now. So I guess my question now is, why is this an issue? Why is it so important that we're actually even talking about it now? So why do we actually need to improve our STEM education system? Maybe, Vincent, what do you feel on this?
3: Um, From my own, you know, point of view perspective, I think it's because um, first and foremost, as STEM stands for science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. Um, You know, science is everywhere, literally around the world, around us. And if we are not able to educate, you know, students or children, it's really going to be a downfall for us in the future and for future generations, because this generation is quite reluctant towards education. We go to technology, it's continuously expanding every single day, even though we're in a pandemic, it has actually been increasing rapidly. And as well as, um, for instance, engineering, um, the basics of designs of roads, bridges, and all, etc I just believe that it's something that has to be implemented for every student in high schools, right? Of course, yes, we can have things like accounting, we can't omit that. We can't omit business. We can't omit economics. But STEM is the solid foundation for you know making sure the world is a better place. Without that, we won't go anywhere. So I think STEM has to be a mandatory, you know, in schools. And then obviously, it's not everybody who's going to be academically gifted or smart enough, you know. But it's just good to have the solid, you know, basics, of the foundation of stem That's all I can say for now. Thank you. Um, Emily, would you like to add on that?
5: Uh, yes. Uh, so based on the STEM, I think the what we gain from these subjects, we can use the knowledge to provide solutions for the issues that we face in the country, like climate change and the environment, and also like its awareness towards people working together to provide the solution to continue the progress of technology. Yeah.
0: I think that's so true. Like we are constantly seeing uh, advancements in technology. And if our country doesn't have um, enough students to actually uh, carry this in the future Then we aren't Going to have The advancements
1: You know Yes. Yeah, so yeah. yeah So so Okay Yeah So based on Your perspective How do you think That STEM can improve With your current study Maybe Asya Can you Share me About
2: your Thoughts Yeah Sure So From my perspective I think that The map the main problem for the, you know, the teenagers or the younger generation now today is that most of them are actually afraid or they're actually thinking that STEM subject is too difficult for them to understand. And another problem will be the lack of awareness of STEM education uh, among the local community. So in order to change their mindset, I think we can hold some, you know, competition, workshop or events that are related to the STEM so that we can provide an opportunity or a platform to let all these younger generation to experience and understand that what are the important of the STEM education and also create some motivation or we say opportunity for the younger generation to study, really study the theory behind the STEM project. So once they are give a try, I believe that they will actually understand that all of those STEM subjects is not that difficult and they are actually can be understood easily. Uh, other than that, we also can showcase some, you know, some cool projects and hold some STEM educational uh, sharing section. The purpose of those events is to just, is not just raising the awareness of STEM education to the teenagers, but also we can the awareness of the STEM education to all the, the local community. So, for example, HP has done some events such as the virtual STEM playground. So, for the virtual pra- uh sorry, so the, for the STEM playground, normally uh, before the pandemic, which is before the COVID 19, we actually have, you know, where we actually book a whole park, the very big park, and we actually do a very big science fair. And inside the science fair, we have some uh competition such as the young innovate challenge and for last last time we, we have we invited the in, intel people so that we can do one one more challenge is called intel open track so this open for the all the uni students so that all the local community can see oh, what is the potential project that stem can be provided so what how how creative or how innovative can uh, you know the, the teenagers can be so yeah that's my perspective for this
1: I agree with you. We should uh, organize more competition to increase the student competitiveness. Yeah. Nowadays I see the most of the students are maybe inspired by maybe the mark or they saw they that's why they wanted to start business instead of like yeah, maybe inspired too much. Yeah. Mm, I think so I would maybe, like to
4: maybe Oh, no. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, I think also putting uh, less emphasis on uh, syllabus will will make it easier for uh, students to actually have time for those extracurriculars. I think um, you know what if you're not interested in STEM, that's okay. But I think everyone should have a chance to at least explore it uh, through extracurriculars again uh, and projects that um, that are like based on real life problems. Um, scholarships, I think, may be able to help the, the declining STEM students as well, like, to encourage them to go into the uh, STEM. I think in other countries, um, they have, like, women in STEM scholarships in order to encourage, like, women to go into STEM.
5: Yeah, agree. Okay.
0: Yeah, I think um what Hannah has said is so true, like, about the syllabus itself. And I think this is mainly in... Um, this happens a lot in underfunded schools where they don't actually have the opportunity for um, extracurricular activities. Like, for example, in my school last time, then, because if you're too focused on syllabus, you're too focused on theories, 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 and all. But if you think about it, STEM isn't based on that. STEM is based on like testing out your theories, proving theories wrong, so if you don't actually get the chance to do all of that, then a lot of students are actually going to miss out on that opportunity and they're going to basically lose interest in it. So yeah, I think that is really true. So since we've talked about how we can actually improve the STEM educational system, and we've also talked about why this improvement is so necessary. So maybe now let's look at not only what we should do, but what is the government doing in this area? So, can you tell us a little more about what you know about the Ministry of Education in Malaysia or MOE, so what are they actually doing to improve this system? And maybe you can share us a little bit about what you think about it.
4: Okay, um, so I found out this initiative that the government is doing. Um, where they want to increase uh, students' interest in STEM, so uh, their objectives are to stimulate students' interest in STEM through formal and informal approach of uh, learning. Also, they would like to uh, train teachers so that they have the skills and knowledge to teach STEM-related subjects through a professional development program, and I think the third one is just increasing awareness and culturation in STEM uh, among students, teachers, and community to uh, STEM programs. So I think two of those we kind of already touched, right? So do you think that um, these initiatives will
0: actually be helpful?
5: I think
4: to a certain extent, yes. But again, if the government aren't providing any aid uh, in terms of resources and money, I don't think any, any changes will be um, you know made, Re- regardless of the fact that even if the teachers are trained, um, if they don't have the means to, to teach what they know and to to, to have the materials, to, to have projects and everything, then I think it can be quite pointless. I think um, I
2: can... On uh, um, some more point, so instead of just government, so just now Hannah mentioned, government actually provide us with, you know, some funding or loan scholarship to further, to help the student to further their study in uni. So other, just other than government, actually some local organization, uh, I can say in Sarawak because I actually worked with them before. So actually some of the f- local organization are more than happy to support us. To support us, or you can say support the events that will promote the STEM education to the local community. So, for example, we actually collaborated with the organisation Tergas and also one social enterprise, which is All About Young Leaders Centre Chumpaka Miri, are our main collaborators for our STEM virtual playground and Young Innovate Challenge for the for last year. So, yeah, I think both the government and local organisations are actually uh, have the awareness of trying to raise the awareness. The, of the STEM education to our local community. So I think they do quite a good job. Yes. Yeah,
0: that's true. I think um, we are currently seeing a lot of NGOs, a lot of organizations that are actually um, helping to build STEM education in our country. And just uh, how we had Sia talking about how i 3 is actually helping also. And even um, our organization, uh, Isaac, which basically why we are carrying out this project, speak up on you in the first place, which is to, like I said, it the start to empower students in STEM projects. For So for those who are listening, if you all are interested in empowering STEM people, um, sorry, STEM education into uh, our students in Malaysia, do join us next time. Uh, Self-plug love, but yes. Okay. Um, so, uh, Vincent, do you want to yes. share your thoughts on this? On what have you seen on measures that are being taken to actually improve our education?
3: Um, we may you know cry out for STEM to be um, to be you know placed in in all education facilities, but it all then comes back to the government. Do they have the budget, you know, is the budget sufficient enough to provide to all the to all the schools, you know, around the country? Of course, we might have private schools and private schools, you know, they're quite expensive. Only the elite can be, you know, knowledgeable when it comes to STEM. But if the government is not providing the resources, the skills to the teachers, you know, we're not it's not going to go anywhere. So at the end of the day, it's all about the government. It's all in the government's hands. The Ministry of Education and also the financial uh, department is the one that has to, you know, resolve these issues. Teachers may, you know, sign petitions, cry out, like, let's increase, you know, the STEM education. But if the government doesn't provide, nothing is going to happen literally. So it's all in the government's hands at the end of the day that, yeah, that's all I can say. Yeah. And we might, you know, raise awareness campaigns, try educate, you know, students, but without the resources to show them that this is how, you know, you can do this, it's not going to help. You can show them videos, but that's also theoretical. It's just different now, from you know, hands on. So the government really has to provide resources and finances to all government schools. Yeah, and make it a mandatory that children or students go through the STEM process for education, yeah, before going to university. So, yeah.
1: Okay. So now I would like to listen, Emily thoughts on the potential of Malaysian STEM education. So what do you think we can achieve in the STEM industry in the future?
5: Um, I think, uh, based on the previous question from what Vincent said, I think uh, before the government ensured that all the students are provided with all the necessary things to learn STEM, I think they should ensure like, the, profi- the proficiency of the languages, because from my experience back in high school like each batch, we learn it in different language, like in English, and then maybe next year is in Bahasa. So it can be quite confusing when you learn it in uni, because everything in uni is in English. And like what you learn maybe in high school, it's in Bahasa. So if the government can get that fixed, then I think it'll be more easier for the students to learn to educate themselves easy easier for the for the SDM subjects, yeah. I don't know if that yeah, so answers truly- the question.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah it yeah, does. I'm
0: sorry. Yeah, it does. I think that's so true. Like, um, even when I was in college, when I go up to any of my friends to ask them about like certain concepts that we learned, right? They'll be explaining it to me in Malay, like how they learned it in their high school, and then I, I will not understand a single thing. <laughs> so yeah, I think that's so true. If you can kind of centralize it, you know, across our whole country and not only centralize it, but stick to it for at least a couple of years, you know, so that the student doesn't actually need to change from, um, let's say, form one, they learn it in English and then form two, they learn it in Malay. And then even the students will get confused and because of that, they'll definitely lose interest. Yes. So train the basics first. So um, maybe, Anna, would you like to share on this, on what you think we can achieve in our STEM industry?
4: I think, again, innovations are really important at the moment. And um, I guess in the future, um, I will hope that through STEM, we can achieve like a sustainable community because that is uh, an important thing uh, for us right now. I would also hope that STEM field makes um causes like economic growth, which it will if if the STEM field uh, are developed. And um, yeah, I guess uh, STEM can be also a means to uh, reduce inequalities that exist in Malaysia. Yeah,
0: so now in the next couple of years where do you want our STEM industry to be? And I don't mean like at the rate that we are improving now or the rate that we are at now, but where do you see our STEM industry achieve? I mean, where do you, what is your dream for our STEM industry in the future? Like the highest thing that we can achieve, you know, because this will actually kind of motivate our listeners that there is actually hope for our STEM industry. So maybe,
2: yeah yeah sure so my dream for the STEM industry in the future. So I hope that in the future, right, Malaysia can be can also enter industry 5.0, even though we I believe that we're still far away from the industry 4.0. So for industry 4.0 is mainly focused on IoT. So we so for the industry side, they're trying to connect all the machine, connect to the internet, and then just control them by using internet and sense all that they will insert a lot of sensor in the in machine there so they can know like what is the status of the machine and if something happened then human just use you know computer there just type some word and then change the value and then s- send through internet and send to the machine so this is uh, industry 4.0 which is uh, focused on iot so for the industry 5.0 is the latest uh, concept so basically for industry 5.0 is using more and more smart machines and robots or we can say you know AI machine to support the human working life in the industry. So the purpose of industry 5.0 is trying to maximize the efficiency of the production line. So let's give an example. For example, if we ask the worker to paint a car, right, maybe he needs three hours. But if we use all the machine or robot robot arms or anything, then we can actually shorten the time of the of the project. So yeah, Industry 5.0. I hope that in the future Malaysia can also achieve Industry 4.0, Industry 5.0. So, yeah, that's my talk.
0: Yeah, I think that would be so cool, right? For us to actually reach that level. But do you think we can actually reach that? Do you think that it's actually possible?
2: Uh, What I can say is if you think you want success, right? How can you <laughs> succeed in the end, right? Yes. So, that is so true. just like what I when I just enter uh. Curtain. So I'm actually have talked to some other people. Like, like do you think I can pass my degree? <laughs> because you know the failing rate of engineering. Yes. I think you know I think that. Everybody's so trusting. yes. So <laughs> one of my advisors, he is not, not in curtain anymore. But what he told me is yes, if you didn't try it, if you think you will fail, then how can you succeed in your life, right? Yes. So you need to believe it, believe in yourself and trust the process, yes. <laughs> that is very true. Sure. Um
0: Maybe, Vincent, do you want to add on to
2: this, on what
0: your dreams are for the same industry?
3: Um, I think towards Malaysia, I'm a bit ignorant. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't really know much, right? But um, as, you know, for my country and Africa as a whole, is that um, we're still really behind um, when it comes to industry because we really depend on Western countries. As for my country... The only thing that we do is extract raw materials and then they go for processing in other developed countries in Africa. So we're still a little bit behind. No, not a little bit, but we're way behind, like really way behind. So it's my dream that in the future um, with STEM and, you know, proper government policies and less corruption, um, we move forward with, uh, with STEM and industrialization. Yeah. So, yeah, that's it from me. Thank you.
0: Maybe we
4: can get uh, Anna. Do you want to add on to that? I think I'll add on uh, on this perspective of a biomedical scientist. Right now, I think um, besides the industrial thing as well, um, I I would really love to see Malaysia grow its uh, biomedical engineering field because right now it's almost well, non-existent at the moment, and you know, in that would greatly help like the health healthcare system. And um, I, I think at the moment, right, a lot of uh, people with like rare diseases and everything, they have to go abroad to get treatment. So if um, they had the development in these areas, then Malaysians themselves can just seek treatment uh, in the country. Um. So, yeah, uh, I think uh, biomedical, biomedical engineering would, I mean, right now, like we're suffering from like COVID as well, right? <laughs> and um. I guess, uh, with biomedical engineering, if there were, God forbid, any more uh, pandemic in the future, then I the country would be able to tackle it better. Yeah,
0: that's certain. Um, Maybe Emily, you want to share your thoughts
5: on this? Uh, I think I'll agree with what Hannah said, based on like the health. Uh, the health department that we lack um, equipment and a solution to cure diseases. So I think if our country can improve in that area, it would be great. It would take time, but it would be great if we can reach that that point for our health department, yeah. Right,
1: I think we should have a very strong confidence in Malaysia that could achieve in one day, yeah. So yeah, just give Malaysia some time. <laughs> All right, so I think that's the end of our session. So I would like to sincerely thank our learning partners who are Vincent and Sia, as well as our LVVs, Hannah and Emily, for coming to share your thoughts and opinions on how important STEM education is. If you guys enjoy listening to this podcast, Please do share it with your friends. Thank you for listening. See you in our next podcast.
0: Bye.